It is time to tune up the band and no! 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 It's time for another sweet chin wag. I am Sam, joined as ever by Dan and Reardon. Thank you for that, gentlemen. Good good luck trying to sink good luck trying to sink our nose together, Sam. Good luck, mate. Impossible. I'm not I'm not doing it because it's funnier when it's out of sync and when both of you are picking your minds. Oh, my goodness. oh, welcome to another one as ever. Um, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud and Spotify, pending other platforms. But I'm remaining very optimistic because now we've got the big one. Uh, it just seems like we need to All get the through. others will clearly follow. That's how it works, right? Exactly. Yeah. They exactly. will return and in greater numbers. Exactly. Exactly. Even if we have to, uh, like, podcast providers travel in a single file to conceal their numbers. <laughs> Even if they have to jump through some hoops to get that to happen, I, I, I damn sure will get us on other platforms. That's I will sure. be here to help you jump through those hoops. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Before we get on uh, with this week's episode, which is all about the best and worst of comedy tag teams. I know, as 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 I thought as well, and I can imagine what you're thinking of this. And that's a very niche subject, but oh boy, we've got a lot to talk about when it comes to comedy tag teams. <laughs> oh my god! It is time to go over and visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun 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 dun. Da-da-da-da, wrestling news. Ooh, <laughs> mixing it up a little. Yeah. <laughs> Although, yes, actually, this one, even though I have done this exact same joke before, but <laughs> I, mean, I mean, running gags are a thing, Dan. <laughs> I'm gonna steal Adam Neely's shtick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're starting the week review, and we are going straight in with Raw. And I mean, there's only one big thing to really talk about it's retribution once again for like the third week running. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, man, Mustafa Ali cannot catch a break. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. I remember. I think it was Tuesday, wasn't it? When I was what I was watching it, and I told you guys, "Oh God, oh God, they're being buried already." <laughs> it's just like it's just so unfortunate because like so much of this has like good idea behind it. Yeah, but yeah. like. If anything, this just seems like it was in service to build Bobby Lashley, which, to be fair, at this point, doesn't need to be done anymore. (laughs) In all honesty. Um, It just seemed really, really confusing. I I know a lot of people have been out there and said, oh, maybe it's an attempt at long-form storytelling. I don't believe that. (laughs) No. No. But, I mean... (laughs) You, you want you want to dream about it and think, oh, maybe it's like a long-form story and it's like, oh, you know, they're getting beaten down and they'll come back and do something. But when you're originally shown to be dominant and then you're getting beaten up by basically one person, it's kind of difficult. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's a shame because we know very clearly that all the people in the group aren't, like, actual jobbers. <laughs> no, they're all very competent. We have seen... We know that Dominic Dijakovic has been in a match for the for the <laughs> NXT title because yep. we saw him in a match for the NXT title against a certain Mr. Keith Lee. <laughs> uh, 
<sighs> and you know the rest of the people um we know that they're good as well even you know other people like shane for dio man's just horrifically underutilized anyway yeah so the fact that he's being used and i'm seeing him on tv i'm happy with and to be fair he's probably the only one that could carry the image out of the retribution gimmick not that he should true true i would be in full support of dio madden just going like full-on super weeb but you know we can dream um But That's yeah, a, I mean, it's it's really it's really it's really hard to say, and I really don't know what they're going to be doing with it. Again, they then brought in the fiend and Alexa, and they look amazing as ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great Firefly Funhouse uh, segment. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Firefly Funhouse segment was so good. You know what's kind of weird with um Alexa Bliss with with the fiend and all that? It's kind of like um. They remind me so much of when you go to a metal show and you meet you, and you meet the guy's like like office worker girlfriend. You know what? I un- I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, like like oh like God. that like that guy with all the tats. And then when you ask you the ask their girlfriend, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm a veterinarian. Yeah. <laughs> so, why, got that real I, I don't, okay, I don't want to sidetrack off this for too much because there's quite a lot of stuff to go through. Um, it from the sounds of that though, it sounds like a setup for like a 2000 rom com. It's like one was a punk and the other was a mild mannered, <laughs> mild mannered office worker. How is could the, they ever connect? Was this the is this the um the edgy wrestling version of Avril Lavigne's Skaterboard? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could you make it any more obvious? <laughs> okay, move on before we get real sidetracked with that. Uh, we had the re- we had the really confusing match of Oscar versus Lana, and it wasn't good for Lana. Mm. I will say cre- credit to Lana for being in the match, and she's getting more ring time. The same with Zelina Vega and on SmackDown. Um, but and I, I I will say credit the ending spot wasn't that bad. Yeah, but also. This was just another vehicle for London to be put through another goddamn announce table. And whoever is making the announce tables, A, the company, they're feeling like they're making bank. B, the person whose job it is to put them together must be thinking, I should be getting overtime for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think even in the Attitude Era we saw someone get put through an announce table so many times. And, and then, and I don't then know, it's the man. Spanish announce table. That's true. That mm. is true. That is true. Like I, hmm, yeah. You, now that I think about it, you didn't see people. Vince's unconscious go... biases are showing through by having destroyed the Spanish announce table. Yeah, but that's a that's a very good point. You didn't see like the OG announce table. It was always the Spanish announce yeah. table. Mm. Mm. That's food um, for thought there. But um, yeah. So, I mean, like to be fair though, we. Definitely seeing people get put through, you know, wooden tables or something. Oh, the announce table, I didn't feel like was as common though. But still, Lana's just getting put through tables week by week, and it's just kind of getting kind of peak. I'll be honest. Yeah. Lana Dudley. Yeah. <laughs> All of this, and I'm starting to wonder: is is this Vince's way of getting back at Miro? I I I have no idea, but <gasps> that is the that is honestly the prevailing thing happening right now. Wow, that is. Some Amazing. people are thinking, is it because, well, I, either because of 
Miro going to AEW or for that one advertisement they did that apparently they weren't supposed to have done. Yeah. I, I, so, I mean, anyways, chase the bag. Anyway, like... <laughs> so, if we find out this is because Vince is not happy, then all I'd say is, what a petty bastard. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Do I need to go into my Vince is an out-of-touch old man spiel? No, 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 no. We, we don't, we don't no, need to, because there's... Man, because we still yeah. got a lot of Raw to talk about, haven't we? Yeah. Um, AJ Styles appearing with his new, like, seven-foot-free friend. Oh my god, it's the, um, it's, it's the Big Ninja from Akira Tazama's it, it was Big Ninja. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. Uh, I, I just, I'd say it's weird mostly because, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, in my observation, this just doesn't fit AJ. Having, I think Gallows and Anderson fit in perfectly, but having well, sort Gallows of like Well, Gallows and a... Anderson fit because there was always, there was already a reason for it because they mm. were the club. Him being paired with, with the, with this guy, I, I I just I I can't properly wrap my head around it because it's like I don't I don't understand what the point of it is. Exactly, exactly. Is it because they're because trying to like, rekindle? It just feels like yeah, it just feels like a vehicle to just have the guy there because you, you know didn't what... do it. He just stood there and just like pretended to look like he was putting a glove on, and then there was like this guy, Matt you know Riddle was like, oh, I don't want anything to do with him. This reminds me of Vince's attempt to yet again rehash the magic that Sean and Diesel had in the mid-90s. Absolutely. They did it with Dolph and Drew. Now they're doing it with AJ and Giant Ninja. Excuse me, it's Big Ninja. Okay, sorry, Big Ninja. <laughs> um, I would just like to give a one separate call out to just say, yo, fuck whoever decided to put Peyton Royce in a tag team match with Lacey Evans. Yes, because... What's the best way to push Peyton Royce as a single star? Put her in a tag team with somebody else that isn't Billy Kay. Are we sure that, like, this Raw wasn't booked by Teddy Long? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what? No, nothing against Lacey Evans. Unfortunately, she was put in an unenviable position. And I still think she, she she's she's improving. She's improved day by day since joining the main roster. But Oh, yeah. Uh, I think what well, to quote the Simpsons. I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. <laughs> it's just like it's just I don't get it. Why? Why would you go to all the effort of breaking up the tag team and then be like, she's a single star now? First match after after the draft, tag team, <laughs> and also the um. The right, I can't remember. I think it was the right squad that were there that weren't supposed to be there because they actually got drafted. Yep. But then they said they they tried to justify it as oh they're allowed one going home match. Bullshit. Which Bullshit. I mean, oh okay, <laughs> but still, you've already violated the brand split. In that case, the day the week after the brand split. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say this, and you know what? Just so I'm on record. The brand, the bland, the fuck, yeah, the bland split. That, that <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, the brand the, split is accurate, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but seriously, the brand split means nothing. Absolutely. Except oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah. It, used, it used to mean something. It doesn't mean anything. And frankly, I I get a little tired of them pretending like it means something yeah. anymore. No, I'm... I just don't even care anymore. The only brand split is main roster in NXT. Exactly. Yeah, that that's deep. 
That's the brand split. Indeed. Indeed. You know what's the you know what? I feel like Big E should be using that excuse as well, so he can just be with a new day again. Oh yeah, this is my farewell show. What's next week? Why am I raw? Oh, it's my farewell show. <laughs> you know what? That I'd actually quite like that. Yeah, I, I, I would admire the chutzpah of that. <laughs> but because it, it's like it's like the thing of um when they had I mean when we had to try and explain retribution listening to the rules of the brand split. <laughs> I'm like, but also, why the hell would the Fiend care about the brand split? He just wants to hurt people. <laughs> or heal them. Or heal them. Yeah, true. Dang it. But like, I would, <laughs> I would like it. I would like it if it was like, oh, we've drafted Bray Wyatt. But the Fiend could appear on either show. Yeah. Yeah. They could make the fiend appear in NXT if they wanted to. It wouldn't happen, but mm. hey, what do I know? Mm. Only other final note for a raw is the interaction between the Hurt Business and Titus O'Neil. I'm just gonna say it. I would have liked to have seen Titus join them. It wouldn't have made mm. sense because let's be honest, Titus is one of the nicest people in the world. Mm. So having him join a, I'm throwing up air quotes here, heel faction would be stupid but also i just want to see titus o'neill with them and he could just be like an actual businessman for them <laughs> yeah i would have liked to have seen that but also i kind of like that cedric's an unhinged uh, unhinged oh, member yeah. of the group it was just like you know what no nah, i'm just gonna beat you up oh yeah talking of backstage segments it was kind of revealed in a really throwaway comment that ali was the smackdown hacker as well oh yeah sorry that i forgot weird, about that yeah. i really? put that down yeah. Yeah, it's just an offhanded comment in a backstage promo. Arlie's now we just he just got revealed as the SmackDown hacker. I was like, yeah, oh. he got revealed as the SmackDown hacker, and to be to let you know exactly how memorable that reveal was, as I said, I didn't even write it down. <laughs> I wrote down the promo because the promo was good because it had that one line. And it was like they got annoyed because they did realize that they didn't think they could make money on someone called Mustafa Ali. Yep. That was wow! Is, holy, which shit. is heat. That is holy yeah. shit. That was a banger of a line. It was a shame it came after they got completely mudded in a match and then yeah, got um, Sister Abigail by the Fiend. Yep. Oh, unless but, unless said about El Gran Gordo, the better. I don't even I don't even want to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just there's recycling ideas, then there's recycling the same idea about six times over the past couple years, and then there's recycling that idea from about ten years prior. <laughs> Moving on to NXT, shall we? Yes. Yes. <laughs> First thing off for NXT, Kushida, amazing. Love the build. Great match against Tommaso Ciampa and person who I won't name. Um, we'll just call him by his real name, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick, <laughs> the purple, the, the guy in purple. Um, um, great match, uh, great showing. Yeah. And if anything, oh, this makes me want to see Kushida versus Champa at a takeover. Dude, I am all for it. And the funny thing is, is I think they keep trying to sell Kushida as a heel. But after everything he's done, I think people are only going to see him as a face. Absolutely. Regardless of what he does. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the reaction. Like, it would take Kushida, like purposefully breaking like every single member of the undisputed era's arms before people would be like okay maybe he's actually a heel now maybe it'd take him to say that the back to the future uh, series sucks 
before Blizzard actually turn heal. But that, that's that just impossible. I will, I will say this though: I do love the hoverboard lock. Although I would like to see him bring in the Back to the Future. Yes. Which, if you don't know, it's a small package driver, and I think the move looks great. Yes. Hell it doesn't yes. have to be a finisher. I'm happy to have him keep the hoverboard lock as a finisher because submission finishes are cash. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd like to see him bring back the Back to Back to the Future. Indeed. Oh, what else do we have at NXT? Uh, so we had uh the segment. Well, Ember Moon had a match, and then we had the interaction between her and Dakota Kai. Loved that. Yeah. My God, the NXT Women's Division is stacked. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Continuing <laughs> on from last week. <laughs> we yeah, I mean, there's there's no other way to really say it because we're getting um. At, at Halloween Havoc, we're getting um, Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez, Ugh. which is one hell of a match already. Um, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure a women's title match has been booked for Halloween Havoc. Um, I believe it's a rematch from the last takeover, which was Io Shirai versus... Um... Dakota Kai? Yeah, I think so. I can't be 100% sure on that one. I think so, anyway. Um, I just want to say this. Dexter Loomis was so good. <laughs> so, so good. Like, that segment with him and Cameron Grimes was... Oh, I loved it so much. And yep. to be fair, when you're building up Halloween Havoc and you have a spooky boy like Dexter Loomis, that's exactly what you want. Mm. Mm. The shot with him appearing in the mirror. Yep. Look, I know mirror spots in wrestling have not been the greatest. Uh, Ultimate nope. Warrior in WCW nineteen ninety eight, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was, yeah. a, but but you know what? That 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 was a that, that that was a good mirror. That was a good mirror spot in wrestling. <laughs> that was a, that was a very good moment. I really liked it. <laughs> um, uh, Ronson Reed picking up two wins over Austin Fury in a row. Yep. I don't really know what they're doing with Austin Fury at this point, but if Bronson Reed is beating him, then I, all of my support's going to Bronson Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we had the really good sick man tag between Legado del Fantasma <sighs> versus... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Fantasma versus Isaiah Scott, mm. uh, Ashanti Adonis, previously Tahuti Miles, and Jake Atlas. Jake Atlas, future prospect for WWE, oh. assuming they put the faith in him. My God goodness what a six man tag this was Dude, i wasn't so expecting so, much I from have... it but holy crap did they deliver and then some oh they really did like they really just went to show why all of them <clears throat> are so so good and i really like the kind of i really like the finish even though the, the, some people said the finish is quite stupid mm-hmm. i do like the fact that jake atlas was just so in mind about beating the crap out, out of um, yeah, uh, Santos Escobar that he just forgot about the pin. Yep, he was just so invested in just cursing him, cursing at him in Spanish, and just punching him. I mean, big mood. I know it was gigantic <laughs> to watch. Uh, this is also just to say, um, WWE stop the erasure, please, and change it from the Cockpit DDT to the LGB DDT. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it is insane. Why hasn't it happened yet? Yeah. Why hasn't it happened yet? It's right there. Give the move its proper name. Because yep. after I found that out, there was the actual name. I don't care. It's not called anything else now. No, like that yeah, is. And he pulled it. He is... pulled it off. He pulled it off from the apron in this match as well, which was a really cool spot. Mm. Oh, such a good. Uh, spot. It was so, so good. 
the everything in this match. And I'm, I've, I've, I, to be fair, I'd be interested to see if they go to push um, Adonis and Scott as a tag team first before moving them into the title picture for the Cruiserweight Championship. Obviously, I, we have the we have the returning Jordan Devlin, hmm. so I don't know how that's going to work. But to be I, fair, I'd probably rather Santos Escobar kept it. I'd very much like to see that. Um, I mean, I, dream booking, you know, if this ever happens. Say down the line, we have Legado del Fantasma and Adonis and Scott fighting for the NXT Tag Championships. I'd see that rivalry. I could say that has just as much a good rivalry to be as iconic as uh, the Revival versus DIY. That has all the potential to yeah. be as good as that. There you no, go. Absolutely. No, sorry, Book It Hunter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of tag teams, and to be fair, it kind of leads into the theme of today's episode. Um, but uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, my <laughs> God, I am loving this. <laughs> Same. I love this pairing so I, much. I just love the moment of Drake Maverick getting like so pissed off that he gets the chair and he hits him, and Killian Dane goes, "That was fucking awesome." <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was just so much i i just liked it so much it was it was a very kind it was a very kind of like um uh it had a very kind of ruthless aggression feel to it uh, yeah yeah uh, that, that that's that's the way i actually described it when i saw that and oh just i'm loving this i'm loving this it's, so much more so than fun. i should love it <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I know it's stupid, and every single sign from was there from the start. But like, every single bit of it, just like to the, the music that they come out to, to like how they are in the ring, mm. and just like when um, Killian Dane was like, "No, only I get to hit you." <laughs> <laughs> oh, just just perfect. I, I think a great, great marriage of two great wrestling minds forming mm. a great comedy tag team um yeah because i don't think and a now, lot of people realize just how comedic um killian dane can be if you've seen him as big demo in the indies he does have some comedy chops to him uh um, yeah so it just seemed almost like a darn near perfect pairing because everyone knows how how silly drake maverick can be if you've drake seen maverick, him as spud in drake tna Ro- his his name was Rockstar Spud. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and that's all you need to know. Um, yeah, yeah, Dan. The main event. Uh, there's got to be a little bit of context to this main event because it was originally supposed to be Brizango versus uh, UE. Wasn't uh, it? Undisputed Era, uh, and then obviously Undisputed Era were declared unable to compete in the match, um, which has thrown up wild speculation as to who may have been the attacker, obviously. So, uh, yeah. Um, wasn't it? Yeah, some it was people, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong, wasn't it? That's, so it, was meant um... to be Bo- it was meant to be Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong. Uh, and obviously a lot of people kind of came out and were like, ooh, what's happened? Sudden change. Um, and obviously we're thinking, oh, who, who's going to replace them then? And we saw it was actually Lorcan and Birch. Yeah, and... This was a great main event, a great tag team main event. Um, yeah, it's a great Birch. tag team between two great tag teams. Oh yeah, it's, uh, stiff as hell, Lorcan and Birch, and, and uh, Breeze and uh, Fandango just having the fluidity of a great tag team as they always have. 
Um, but what a shocking end to this. It's everyone's favourite former punting podcaster. It's Pat McAfee again. Yeah. He's back. <laughs> Pat McAfee came back and cost Brizongo the match. And now Lorcan and Birch are tag champions. Now, here's the thing. I know they're going to set them up to be heels, but I loved Lorcan and Birch too much for them to for, for me to boo them. So I'm so happy that they got they finally got the tag title. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy with it. To be fair, I'm happy for it just for the moment of only Lorcan just like screaming at the top of his lungs while holding the belt. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what a promo, <laughs> M- uh, McAfee, uh, cut here. Uh, yeah, because everyone was, really was under good. the impression that UE would turn on one another, but no, lo and behold, just like a just like a bad smell, Pat McAfee won't go away. <laughs> He'll linger. <laughs> He'll linger for the undisputed era for sure. And um, this this is in. I I'm very interested into seeing where this goes now. Um, yeah, absolutely. Considering as well that the original intention from so or so what i've heard is that ridge holland was supposed to be uh part of this as well that he was uh, that pat mcafee got ridge holland to beat up adam cole at takeover really yeah. interesting so yeah color me interested i want to see where this goes i don't i don't want to throw wild speculation around but i <laughs> think they might try and leave the undisputed era like breaking down thing into this and they might instead of not having ridge holland they might say it's kyle o'reilly yeah we shall see we shall see we shall <clears throat> see indeed i'll see indeed moving on to smackdown though uh we had daniel bryan in the thunderdome for the first time and fantastic to see him back he has said this will probably be his last run as a superstar but mm-hmm. he said that in that time he's super committed to bring up the next generation of people and i mean that's basically everything he's about really yeah 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 um that man has had a storied career i'm glad that said he's... Least. i'm glad that he's fine that he was able to retire on his own terms I think that's. I think yeah. if there's anything that that that's the biggest win for Daniel Bryan on this return is that he was able to, he's able to do it, and leave on his own terms. Yeah. Uh, but he said, but but saying that though, he has had a terrific run. Like, yeah. for all intents and purposes, he's had an amazing run with some phenomenal matches as well. Mm. AJ Brock, that run with the as the vegan WWE champion. Yeah. Uh, the amazing match against Kofi at WrestleMania. He's not done too bad for himself. <laughs> to say the least. No, yeah, I think, I think it's kind of crazy, though, that to look at you know, where he is now and then also think, like, just not long ago, he was in that IC title match against AJ Styles. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that was he, like a 30, I, I, 40 minute match. I'll tell you what, his um his bio his autobiography is gonna be fascinating to read one day. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. For sure, for sure. But uh, uh, also that, just as reference to this as reference to this match, just to talk about the next generation of people. I just want to talk about Montez Ford's frog splash. <sighs> this thing is ridiculous. Art Bar would be bloody proud he would. Like, um, I mean, because all right, all all all, all intents and purposes, and this is the first time I'm saying it. There are, I say, there are only three people that have performed literally beautiful looking frog splash- splashes: Art Bar, who you know invented the move; Eddie Guerrero, who who adopted the move after Bar unfortunately passed away; 
and Montez Ford. <laughs> there you go. Dude, Montez Ford just hits it. He hits it so... He gets such great height, such great distance, and he hits it so cleanly. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. I can't even lie. To be fair, the guy was a gymnast, but... Yeah. And the only reason I didn't like... bring up Van Damme is because... Well, Van Damme's five-star frog splash deserves a place all of its own. <laughs> That's a great aerial. Yeah, it goes in its own category. It goes in its own category. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> uh, otherwise, though, everything else in it was pretty good. Uh, we got some more ring time for Zelina Vega against Bianca Belair. They've really been hyping her up with the video packages and everything, so I'm really interested to see where this goes. Mm. I, I mean, as we said before, there was interest in giving her a push that never really seemed to materialize. Yeah. But maybe this is the, maybe it's just been on some kind of weird delayed time schedule. Um, the big news though, <laughs> the big news out of, Smack, out of SmackDown, Shorty G is no more. Oh. He is now Gable again. Yes. I was so happy Get, to like, see Crab this. Rave playing and then like everything. <laughs> Um, but I am just so happy for this because I don't like Shorty G. No one does. I'm happy that they've given him the change and they finally listen to people who've been like, hey, look, you've got a really good person who is like basically cut ankle, but not. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he ditches the basketball, uh, uh, the basketball attire as well. He better. <laughs> of course, you didn't talk about the other big news, which is, of course, Lauren Otis. No. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I was getting there. <laughs> uh, just bef- just before that, we had um, the Sasha Banks and Bailey feud kind of continuing and getting to its conclusion and Great having signing, uh, Bailey sign the contract um, and all the hell that went down there. I like the moment of uh, Sasha Banks taking the belt off um, Bailey. In my mind, though, I feel like this feud has basically been happening the entire year. But <laughs> yeah. I think at least since March, but like, you know, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because it actually constitutes long-form storytelling. Exactly. Possibly. We've not seen by this a on loose the main definition, roster. maybe. We've not, we've not seen this on the main roster <laughs> since since Shawn Michaels and Triple H. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we had Law and Otis, which was a a thing. Great, um, great pun. I would just like to say though. I did like the reference to Wrestler's Court. Rin, do you want a Pokedex Wrestler's Court for us? Oh, God, Wrestler's Court. Okay, Wrestler's Court. For those of you who don't know, for any kind of um, problem or, like, argument in the locker room, in the back, there is this thing called Wrestler's Court, where all wrestlers basically come in have a big fucking shout, and someone has to pay a fine, normally in beer, traditionally. <laughs> and I always, would just like to say... The Undertaker's oh yeah, the judge, ahead. isn't it? Undertaker's always the judge. Oh, <laughs> so, yes. No, so, so there, there, were, there were two judges. Yes, for this one. This one, was was, one was the Undertaker, and the other was JBL. <laughs> That's right, yeah. JBL was the second judge, which... How did he get that job? Wonders we'll, le- we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> but JBL as a judge on Law and Otis is just... <laughs> I'll be honest, my fav- to be fair, my two favourite things in that were A, the fact that Ron Simmons was there, because yep. he should be. And second of all, can I just say, and I'm, I'm letting my, I'm letting my uh, 
I'm letting my buy side out here. John Morrison looks amazing in the suit. I have no objections to that. John Morrison is a good-looking bloke. Mm. Uh, also, the fact of Teddy Long being there and being the stenographer, which was an interesting one. Uh, Asuka do imitating, then imitating Teddy Long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my which God. Which was incredible. <laughs> This was something weirder than I... Uh, and and to anyone listening, I implore you to watch it because it is something. Like, it, it it felt like a throwback to the Little People's Court, yes! which we mentioned in the DX episode, but, like, actually somewhat entertaining and not incredibly awkward. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it, it, like, it, it was a very weird... It was a very weird segment, but in a way, I kind of didn't hate it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Moving on, though, we had the continuation of the, uh, well, the Usos versus Roman Reigns. Oh, God, this uh, was an amazing segment. Really good segment, and I'm really interested to see where they go with it. Um, and just interested to see what they do, really, because um, the nature of having an I Quit match in Hell in a Cell, which maybe seems a little bit overboard and a little bit overbooked, but. Mm. Uh, I kind of, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I like that Jay, also in this segment, pulled out the uh, the Kurt Angle, Eric Angle playbook, and got yeah. Jimmy to d- disguise himself as Jay. <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> the old that, switcheroo. That, that <laughs> uh, and then finally for SmackDown, I'm just gonna say this because we don't need to mention it any longer. The, the, the Murphy, Seth, Mysterio storyline has gone on far too long. Just make it Murphy and Seth now. I don't care about any of the rest of it. But we got to add a Leo Mysterio to it, Dan. We have to add a Leo Mysterio to this. But the Mysterios got their payoff. They won. <laughs> they have no reason to care. <laughs> but we need more people to watch. We need more of the Mexican contingent no. to watch. Then push Kalisto, Vince. <laughs> push oh, any one of your other many luchador wrestlers that what you, about that that angel you hired like four, that you hired like six years ago and just never use. Who's that? What? What's that guy's name? Grandma Metalik. <laughs> oh my god. Either way, though, with that, that was SmackDown done, and we came to AEW, where we had the uh, the <laughs> wonderful Ladina Debonair, and this is really split opinion amongst wrestling fans online. Don't to be care. fair, it was basically amazing. everything does. Yeah, don't care. But this was amazing. This, this was, was actually fun. really, really fun. <laughs> it was it was stupid, yes, who knew but that like, M- who knew that MJF could sing music, uh, Broadway musical numbers? See. Dude, second chair tenor in high school. He put it on Twitter. Yep. See, I'm kind of like, look, uh, you won. Not only am I the the guy who enjoys this kind of stuff, I'm also a, I'm also unfortunately a theater kid. So this hits the exact pleasure center for me. <laughs> it's like like a sheer bullseye. I want more of this. It's kind of amazing that this hasn't. Well, not the worst, but like it's kind of amazing that this hasn't popped up as much as you think it would. You think there'd be more musical numbers in wrestling, strangely enough. Mm. Well, yeah, because they've done like you, you've done like the thing. So obviously now Elias is back on Raw as well, and they're like, "Ha ha, Elias, do a concert, it'll be funny." And then you get heat, but um, 
aside from the one time they did it in Seattle with Kevin Owens, but to be fair, it's mostly Kevin Owens pulling the weight. Anyway, um, it does like it, it is it is a thing. I'm surprised hasn't happened more, but I don't think they've had the vehicle to do it until now. Yeah. Mm. With the rise of like the cinematic stuff in wrestling, which to be fair is long overdue. Yeah. Uh, but I said I, I I really enjoyed this, and I just kind of was like. Yeah, this is actually really, really fun. I actually really like the fact that they're just willing to do be it. a little bit silly with it. Exactly, exactly. And who better to be silly with than with Chris Jericho? And I think the thing is as well is it, it's because um, MJF is a very, very old school wrestler in that in the sense of you know he exists within the character. Hmm. Yeah. So seeing also seeing him do something like that also has an extra level level of feeling to it. And also, yeah, Chris Jericho. I mean, we all know if you don't know, Chris Jericho is actually a singer anyway of his own band. Um, sings his own theme music, you know. Yeah, he sings his own theme music. <laughs> um, but we we know how funny he can be. We yep. know exactly everything that he can do, and it's I I just absolutely love this thing. Uh. Moving on, though, with AEW, we're trying to skim through this quickly. Uh, we have Eddie Kingston versus John Marksley in old, what they've termed an old-school I Quit match, which means they have to say I Quit into the microphone. I'm looking forward to this. I'm incredibly looking forward to this because these are two guys who have both worked such uh, and worked all over the place and do basically everything. And Correct me if I'm wrong, both of them have done CZW, right? Yeah, both of them came up in, uh, through CZW, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys are going to be willing to put themselves through hell and back. Um, interested in the Lucha Bros storyline to see how that develops. Obviously, uh, if Ray Phoenix um, mm. was actually injured. And so now Pentagon is taking over in the space in the match against uh, Kenny Omega. Yes, indeed. Um, Great match, going to be incredibly way. interesting. Great oh, match. For... It's going to be amazing. We're going to get the repeat of uh, All In. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um. So super excited for that. I'm inter- I'm interested to see where that develops, and I'm hoping, maybe, just maybe, my favorite Geordie Honey Badger will, will reappear at full gear. <laughs> we we want our Geordie Honey Badger to come back, please, please. Everywhere from Madagascar to Alaska. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Cody versus Darby Allen. I'll be honest, I really want to see Darby Allen win. A because I'm a massive Darby Allen. But B, because I really want to see Cody just lean into full heel, which he hasn't quite done yet. Yeah. And I think that might be the thing to take him. But then again, I don't know if I really want to see Darby Allen as a champion. It's just, it's an interesting one. I think... I think that if, if I'm honest, uh, for me, I would like to see Darby as champion as a champion. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think, now. I think it'd be good. Uh, and then finally... Uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks. The match we've all been that. hyped to see and waiting for. That's the match many people have been waiting for. Quickly swinging over to New Japan. Ibushi is now going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. Very Ooh. interested. Uh, we also have the best Super Juniors in the world tag league coming up as well, which is super, super interesting. So I am ready. Super stat last three months for New Japan. In the lead up to Wrestle Kingdom, um, they've really putting on, been putting on really great work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, what else is there to say for me, you know, because I did make a whole episode of Japanese wrestling. I'm hyped, I'm excited, I'm ready to go and see what happens. Uh, and then just finally, uh, swinging over to Impact, it feels very good to say that again. Just uh, <laughs> to go over the honestly pretty stacked card for Bound for Glory. Yeah. Uh, good Good Brothers versus Motor City Machine Guns versus The North versus Fulton and, uh, Fulton and uh, Ace Austin. Yeah. Uh, which looks to be a great match. Very happy for really any of those teams other than Ace, uh, rather than Austin and Fulton, because (laughs) I don't really like them. But still, fantastic there. Eric Young versus Rich Swan for the uh, World Heavyweight Championship uh, Impact. Yep. Uh, Fantastic. Uh, Deanna Parazzo versus Kylie Ray. Fantastic match. Expecting really good stuff out of that. Mm. Uh, Willie Mack, Chris Bay, and Jordan Grace in the six-person X Division match. That's going to be such a good match. <laughs> that is going to be incredible. Uh, and then we have uh, recently due to appear in Ring of Honor EC3 versus Moose. And my God, I am ready for that match. <laughs> I am so ready for that match. <laughs> See, I'm sorry. I hear that, and I'm thinking that he's going to wrestle an actual muse, and I'm like, that is. He might as well, as to be honest. <laughs> that Mad. is dangerous as hell. Reardon, you need to watch Moose. <laughs> watch Moose and just wait for the spear. Repeat what you just said back to yourselves, please. You need to watch Moose. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm telling you, you need to. <laughs> All right, all right. I'll watch the big moose. <laughs> <laughs> he jokes now, but then he's like a week later, he'll be like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna be like, "Oh my god, he's amazing." <laughs> that would be so funny if that is the case. Uh, with that, though, we are done with the news, and it's probably been a long one. It's been a long old one, yeah. Not uh, mm. about thirty odd minutes, I think. So if you're still here, oh no, forty minutes. If you're still here. Thank you for enduring that, as yeah, ever. Yeah. Before we head on, though, to I'm the main sorry. part. <laughs> uh, no, no, we, 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 you know, we need to detail everything because wrestling's a crazy thing, man. It's a oh, crazy yeah. thing, especially uh, this week when there's been a lot of good things actually, rather than bad things happening. I have a tiny bit of journalistic integrity. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get on, though. Uh, we're going to speak over to Reardon now because he's got a recommendation over at Recommendation Corner. All right. Recommendation Corner is officially Reardon's time. So to rec- I recommend to all of you lovely listeners and everyone of the Sweet Chinwag podcast to listen to the artists, Chloe and Halley. <laughs> Chloe and Halley are a sister duo. They recently this year took put out i believe their second full album ungodly hour and it is amazing you might have seen them around because they're um they seem to be like a staple of the pre-show of beyonce and (laughs) jay-z they were on the they did a pre-show of they did a little pre-show performance of the mtv vmas they should have been on the main show (laughs) they should have been on the main bloody show I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little, like, when you, if you, like, guys, type in Ungodly Hour VMAs, and you'll understand why I'm so, so angry that they didn't do it. Really? They are... You're putting them over strong. I No, they are really <laughs> stupid good, and I hope for big, I, I 
hope and expect big things from them. And I recommend, I recommend Ungodly Hour and Forgive Me. Those are the big hits. And from a previous EP, I believe it was um, Everywhere. Listen to Everywhere. That's a great song as well. I recommend their entire back catalog. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go there, like you can, but those those three songs yeah, I know that sentiment them. don't worry <laughs> yeah but but i am like written here is a big big chloe and hallie stan highly recommended ah <laughs> uh, are you sure are you sure i mean do you want to gush about them for another few seconds or i mean it would if i did it would be <laughs> me singing ungodly hour very badly and i won't do that and so, uh yeah. we'd have this podcast unfortunately taken down because of copyright but i digress oh, yeah, DMCA. <laughs> <laughs> with that then it is time to uh get on with this week's episode the best and worst of comedy tag teams so first question I actually want to bring up what is, what makes a good comedy tag team you have to be funny next question <laughs> I think you know what though laughing about that that's one but I think you truly have to have a great chemistry with your partner as well as yeah, well as being absolutely. I think putting on good matches as well it's a combination of all of those if you can be funny genuinely good in the ring but also have a tremendous chemistry not only with your partner but with your opponents I think that's what can truly make a good comedy tag team and there yeah. have been very good very good comedy tag teams but they've also been very very bad tag teams so thoughts and feelings on the tag t- of the tag division as a whole in wwe is history okay it's history and it's history and now are two very different statements and comedy <laughs> wrestling or comedy tag teams place in the history of wwe of the wwe tag division I mean, I think the thing is, from my own view, is that obviously comedy tag teams don't ever really win titles. Mm. They're kind of there more, they, they're often more there as an attraction. But sure. I think the thing about it, though, is that they've always kind of been a staple of the division. Mm-hmm. Mm. They've always been a thing that every so often kind of just rolls around. Yes, and you you kind of, you always kind of get them, and often it's a quite a good way to actually end up getting people over in a way. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because people start to be able to actually you know see the, see the wrestler and give them some visibility, even if maybe it's not in the way you know they necessarily want to be seen. But I I the, the example I always go to is Kurt Angle because yeah. you know well, you can sell him as super serious, but the thing that gets people to like him is when he's able to like actually break that down yeah, and then go on and do all the stupid stuff that he used to do. Yeah. And yet at the same time he's being super stupid, but people know he is serious still. Yeah. You know, there's the, he's the only person that could ever sing Jimmy crack corn terribly, but still be taken serious as a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, um, like ah, oh, the tag team division. Oh god, it's had such a bumpy road in WWE. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it used to be, honest to God, my favorite. More than singles, honestly. Tag. I used to watch WWE back in the day for the tag team 
wrestling because it was always the most nuts, the most personalities. And, like, tag teams are difficult as is. Hmm. But, like, to do a good comedy is on hard mode because not only it's like you said, it's all to do with chemistry. Tag team is always to do with chemistry. But now you have to actually be funny, which means you actually have to have a proper personality. Hmm. Indeed. And have you and have your different kind of modes and and have to flow with everyone. And then you have to be funny bouncing off to other people who might not be a comedy tag team and still make that match work. Yeah. It's a lot. It is an absolute it's a like it's so, so tough. And if you ask me, that's part of the reason as to why I've always believed that the tag division regardless of how Vince sees it, has always been the most varied and the most unique division in WWE. Where on oh, one yeah. hand, you can have absolutely, absolutely technical masterpiece of a match, Revival versus DIY. And on the flip side, you can have an absolutely ridiculous tag team like The Miz and Mizdale, where, De- uh, where Damian Mizdale is throwing himself over the rope the exact same time as The Miz. So, you know... The, the, you can, the, the fact that you can have that in the same division is just, I feel, is... I, can't, I, can, I think it just brings to the point of I can never understand why Vince doesn't like tag teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, oh, go on, Raiden. Sorry, before I move No, on. I was just... Yeah, I was just going to say, I think he doesn't like it because, frankly, like, and I and like, he's cranky, he likes control. And, <laughs> and, like, honestly, like, and, like, you can control one guy, or you can control two guys who might not always agree. I think it honestly is that. True. Well, I mean, if if we if we're going to throw, bring back out the uh, the, uh, the you know the the speculative story as to why he doesn't like tag teams, <laughs> then I mean I can, but it's probably best not to say because I know Rian probably explode out of annoyance. <laughs> Say it. Do oh, it. Oh god, he's, I mean, he's we, 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 you. <laughs> Okay, well we we've said it before, mm. but um it's the fact of supposedly Vince doesn't like tag teams because tag teams involve two people. So if you have a tag team match, you've got to arrange travel for four. And that costs money. <laughs> times that by multiple people that's more money yeah and more things to keep track of you're right i do think i'm going to explode oh <laughs> uh... <laughs> all right i'm gonna move on the quickly then to the main kind of subject that we're going to talk about through this whole podcast you your top three best and worst comedy tag teams and your reasoning as to why they are on your list i am going to start off with the let's start off with the best tag teams so we can you know we can have a nice we could we could build ourselves up to knock ourselves down for the first yeah parts. um we'll uh, what we'll do is we'll start we'll do it as uh, we'll go from three we'll tell our third spot second spot and first spot so I'll start with my third spot and you'll I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with my third spot. And for number 3 for my favorite 
comedy tag team, it has to be Los Guerreros. Oh, what, decent choice. What an amazing tag team these guys were. Okay, so Chavo and Eddie, we know them to be, you know, the, the Guerrero family, you know full well, are going to be phenomenal wrestlers. And it's kind of in the blood. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I feel the vignettes for these guys, I think, uh, really set out the what they were going to do. Uh, for this, the lie cheating and still uh, vignettes that these two had had over in two thousand, I think it was early two thousand and three, and they were originally supposed to be a heel tag team because, of course, doing that whole thing of just lying, you know, stealing stuff and cheating to win matches, uh, well, that was supposed to bring them nuclear heat. But slowly, but actually, no, not even slowly, but immediately when they debuted as Los Guerreros. The whole crowd endeared to their cheating ways, and la- and they were getting laughs. Something that Vince wasn't prepared to to see. They were getting laughs for doing the cheating and cheating to win. And slowly and surely, they were building so much momentum up to the point where they had held the SmackDown Tag Championships for quite a while in two thousand and three. And of course, this this also brought with it the the main event push of Eddie Guerrero. So really, Los Guerreros really earns its place in WWE tag team history for not only being an incredibly good tag team, Eddie and Chavo, and putting on some phenomenal matches, but being the launch pad for Eddie's main event push and to become WWE champion. So that's my number three pick. Reardon, your number three pick for the best comedy tag team. Mm, this is so hard. <laughs> You know, I'm going to say a controversial one. <laughs> My number three is Edge and Christian. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Two, I mean, 2000 Edge and Christian. Yes. Yeah. They, they were so good. They are so good. And like, but the people I'm going to put above them, is this is when people might have my head, but I'm like, <laughs> I like, it's don't okay. get me this, wrong. This is an open forum. <laughs> I'm I... the one that gets to experience the distaste on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. It all goes with you. Yeah, I can say what I please. Right. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I love them both. Edge and Christian is like the bloody Edge and Christian. I feel that there are some tag teams coming up where their their um chemistry was better. Hmm. I feel like Edge and Christian, it was kind of funny in that they were a bit too double-acty at the time. Like, they both, like, were more or less the same at points. <laughs> is it because yep. of the five-second pose? It is, isn't it? They, were t- they far too much yeah. oh, no, yeah, I yeah. love. I, I think it's that. I can't believe I'm saying that I was probably a mark for the five-second pose. So oh, I, I, no, no, oh so. don't get me wrong. I, we're all a mark for the five-second pose yep. here. <laughs> all of us to a man but i feel like it was that the fact that they didn't like those two want those those two were just too good of friends yeah that it made that sometimes it was a bit like that sometimes it was just a bit like ah it's just those guys but however everything they've done i mean we've talked about it holy shit oh yeah <laughs> yes 
<laughs> in the Edge retrospective, especially, uh, we talked about that. In which great which all of you listeners should go back and listen to because it's great. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but yeah, gr- yeah, great choice for number three there, Reed. And Dan, mm. your number third choice, or free choice, I should say. <laughs> uh,. My number three choice is going to be uh, a bit of a a bit of a deep cut, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because it actually refers to two individual wrestlers that I quite like to you for a time were a tag team, and they were called Head Cheese. <gasps> Steve Blackman, Al Snow, yes, Head Cheese. I do not remember this at all. Head Cheese was the tag team of Al Snow and Steve Blackman. What an odd couple wow. this was, but it was and amazing. They were incredibly stupid, <laughs> with Al Snow doing... Uh, I believe this was at the... I don't know if this was around the time that he was really properly fully developed his head gimmick. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. you don't know what the head gimmick was, it was when Al Snow used to carry around a mannequin head. Um... But the basic premise of it was was that Steve Blackman was incredibly super, super serious. And Al Snow was also incredibly super, super serious while also doing really dumb stuff. But he was incredibly serious about it. (laughs) So you had this one guy who was a straight up, like a a complete straight man. Like everything he said was completely serious. And if you don't know, Steve Blackman did like Taekwondo. And a black belt serious in many martial arts actually and like serious martial arts he had like the fight pit match against Ken Shamrock <laughs> that guy was uh, a and gym. then they paired him up with Al Snow and then he made him wear a cheese hat which was literally a hat in the shape of a piece of cheese uh, I believe he also tried to make him dance although I believe that may have been Scotty too high actually yeah uh, head cheese yeah I think it was during a tag match I think it might have been uh, a, an eight man tag match where they teamed up with two cool they put the sunglasses yes. on Steve Blackman and he starts dancing <laughs> yeah um, I believe that was also the one where they had Trish Stratus do the worm but don't... I remember that one <laughs> yes. yeah they had Trish Stratus do the worm and it was it was awful but yeah, they were they were they were a, a very weird tag team that I just absolutely loved because oh, oh. The, I think the thing is is that this is going to sound like a, a very weird statement to say. Steve Blackman gave me, I, like especially after looking back at it, he very much had a kind of Leslie Nielsen feel to it. Yes, mm. where the funny thing was the fact he was being completely serious. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> and I just absolutely loved it. It, it also just because of like, a lot, they both came and in a weird way, both entered like the hardcore division because they were like, well, I guess that's the best place to put them. So we don't have anything else to do with them. Exactly. exactly. But in, in the same vein, I kind of really liked it because it just opened it up to so much more possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I cannot believe you just reminded me of head cheese. That's amazing. I'm so like glad I know you did. a lot. I know a lot of people will just straight up throw head cheese in like their pile of stupid stuff that never worked. And I'll be honest, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that like they weren't like amazing. Hmm. But I thought that they were absolutely hilarious when I was growing up. And I went back and watched it, and I enjoyed it just as much. Yeah. 
<laughs> Maybe my sense of humor has been completely demolished over the years, but <laughs> I thought it was great. Oh, no, great, great choice. A deep cut choice, as you said. And uh, yeah, what a great number three. Um, so the second spot of our best tag teams. I am going to go for Team Hell No. Uh, just to reference our beginning and opening to this. Because yep. oh, all of this, for all intents and purposes, me saying that again, this tag team should not have worked. This mm. really shouldn't have it. Because Daniel Bryan was going down the card again and doing his whole going insane, screaming no gimmick and was going up against Kane. And someone in back thought it'd be a great idea to pair them together and then simply start doing vignettes of anger management classes. I mean, there, there, there is one there is one thing to say, which if, if there is one person who's surprisingly found them in comedy tag teams a lot of the time that you wouldn't expect, it is Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. I... Because I did have a choice in here that I was debating putting in, but I didn't because I wanted to put in, I wanted to give a mention to another one that is more so forgotten as well, <laughs> uh, which I put at my number two. But as as a as a a ceremonial number four, uh, we also had Kane and X Park, which yeah. is <laughs> stupid for me to say, but it was a thing that happened. The honourable mention goes to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, an honorable me- my honorable mention goes to Kane and X Pac. Okay, okay. If, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna quickly go for honorable mention, I will go for my quick honorable mention. Is in this in strangely enough the same vein as um, Team Hell No, Goldust and Booker T. Yeah, that was gonna be mine as well. Yeah, that's yeah, why well, I, also that's had, why I also had down Goldust and R Truth. Oh, oh we're God. gonna get to that later. Yeah. Uh, See, no. Oh my. Okay. Look, that one. This like, I have to like. If we are doing for honorable mentions, I have to mention it because one, it's nostalgic for me because that was literally before the Dudley Boy, before anything, the first tag team I ever saw. Ever. How did it feel knowing the first team you, the first tag team you ever saw, had gold dust in it? I mean, I'm bisexual, Dan, so uh, what do you think? <laughs> you know <laughs> what? It makes sense That's now. That's true. Like, <laughs> the seeds were sown early, let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. But So I have to put it on because it's just so fucking weird. It's so goddamn weird. And let us not. Forget- it feels like a fever dream just yeah. mentioning it. Let's not forget the amazing backstage promos those two had Goldust and Booker T, especially the oh, King of the Ring oh, one yeah. with The Rock. That one was amazing. I just think back to uh, me watching Goldust get electrocuted, which was a thing that happened. Yep. And fun fact, fun fact, continued to be canon forever in W in WWE in Goldust's career, where he would twitch. Because he got electrocuted. Yep. Exactly. I just remember got Booker T talking about how my partner, Goldie, got electrocuted. And I just, oh my God. <laughs> God bless Booker T. God bless that tag team. Anyway, please continue. Back to, yeah, back to Team Hell No. <laughs> back to Team Hell No. Until my number one pick. Because they are also my number two pick, Team Hell No. Yes. Until, um, until um, 
my number one pick. I have never laughed as hard watching these two guys oh. go off. And you know what's time. the best part about it? <clears throat> I think the best part about Team Hell No is that Daniel Bryan never changed his moveset once. He was still that hard-hitting <laughs> yeah. technical mastermind and paired so well with Kane. These guys had a WrestleMania tag title match. This is how good these two were working <laughs> together. Um, and it's kind of hard to describe just yeah. how over they were. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of hard to describe it. Okay, because like it's the the great novelty of Team Hell No more than just the fever dream that is Kane and fucking Daniel Bryan <laughs> doing it is that unlike pretty much any tag team that I can remember, short of like short of like a manager's like make general managers forcing two wrestlers to go together. They hated each other. They yeah. hated each other so much, and they hated that they had to be tag team champions together. Yeah. And just so... the fact most they mostly won their matches by one of them hitting the other and then making them pin the the, 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 the opponents. I think that's so great, though. Because yeah. oh, I think it, in, in my head, it, it, it gives me what I call big rush hour energy. Yes! Yes! yes. Uh, yeah, like they they are exactly there it. and they hate the fact that they're together yet somehow they end up being successful yes um <laughs> the, a spit that the rush out energy especially when they when they would complain that i'm the tag team champions no i'm the tag team champion <laughs> just oh man i could i could just no it's not even just i'm the tag it's i have the tag team yes. champions no Ah, it's it's a re it's got real pantomime energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think the thing about Team Hell No as well is that they are just like again, it's just like the a lot of the comedy comes from the fact that they take it so seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but but I I I absolutely love that though yeah. because I think both of them knew how silly the stuff they were doing was oh yeah absolutely but, I, you know but like you... again both of them though just completely leaned into it and were like yeah, yeah no this is this is what we're doing you and know i don't, I don't yeah. know that i would have expected that from kane no actually um this is where i disagree with you dan i think people forget just how funny kane can be oh no yeah. no i he can be absolutely hilarious like I think, but I think I think people kind of don't expect it from him. Mm. No, it's like it's like he has a long history of having great comedic moments, but he is like he's one of the great like deadpan <laughs> deadpan yeah. wrestlers, comedy wrestlers. Like I just think of him talking about all like back in the Attitude Era, talking about all the Kano maniacs. Yes, yes, the oh Kano yes, yeah, the Kano. <laughs> and just he's really funny. Yep. He's thank you really... for can I just say thank you for reminding me about that. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, because, yeah that. because people forget, man. He's a really funny dude. Uh, I think it, I think it's safe to say that me and Rena have picked our number two choices and yeah. gushed over them. So Oh like, absolutely. In any case, in any case, uh, I think the closing message from me and Rhiannon is go watch Team Hell Knows matches and oh, go back and watch all amazing. of the Team Hell Knows stuff. It's oh, so yeah. good. Watch the match at WrestleMania, by the yes. way. It's oh, fantastic. yeah. <laughs> Dad, your number two choice then, sir. Okay, so 
uh, as I said with my previous one, I went with some deeper cuts because I knew that obviously Team Hell no. Yeah. Some other ones were going to come up. <laughs> so I've gone with a personal favorite, and it's one that it wasn't particularly long lived. It was one with two people who, on their own, are kind of cult wrestling heroes. This is the tag team of William Regal and Tajiri. Oh, oh yes. my God. Well played, Dan. Well uh, played. And so what I would like to mention is that originally when Tajiri was introduced, he was brought in from his kind of his stint with uh, ECW and had been on the independence. He'd worked some matches for CZW mm. um, and a couple other, <clears throat> you know, companies in the interim. But he initially made his debut as William Regal's bumbling assistant. <laughs> he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, and would I think the the comedy that came out of that is that William Regal very clearly knew who he was because he had worked with him in uh, WCW. But yeah, and at, mm. but at the same time, he was supposed to act like he didn't know to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he had to act like he had no idea who he was. And so he was just like, "Oh, you're Tajiri, who's bringing me tea and asking for and asking for things, and have like people bust into uh, when it was Commissioner Regal's office." By the way, Commissioner Regal, so bloody good, <laughs> it was so Regal. damn good, fucking great. Um, yeah. So having him, having people like bust in and like ask for matches, and then Tajiri's just kind of standing there in the nice little WWE polo shirt with all the buttons done up. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then going to Tajiri, then making his in-ring debut at King of the Ring, by yes, the way. It was King huh. of the Ring. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the, I believe it was one of the Hollies he made his debut against. I think it might have been Crash. I think it was Crash. It might have been Crash Holly. It was one of the Hollies. But I absolutely loved Regal and Tajiri. I mean... I love Tajiri and I love William Regal, so the two of them together should be a kind of perfect recipe for me. Mm. Um, but I just really, really... They, again, it had a lot of that kind of, dare I say, kind of rush hour energy. There was lots of them kind of, you know, leading into their stupid comedy ability, which we know both of them have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of... I will say... A lot of the comedy is aged quite poorly. <laughs> yeah, it yes. probably would. May I add as well, when it comes to the comedies aged poorly, there was a segment, uh, I don't know if anyone knows, during the invasion angle, where Vince is talking, I think, to Regal, Austin, Angle, and Tajiri. And Vince just goes, now, if you don't mind me, I'm going to the nearest nudie bar and having a good time. Tajiri, you're coming with me. And it just takes Tajiri with him. <laughs> I would just like to say one of the one of the weird moments of this time was when uh, Tajiri started an odd screen relationship with Tori Wilson. Oh, that yes, was real, did, by did the he? way. That was a um, thing. Dear God, that was a thing that happened. Um, but like, it was absolutely, it was just so much fun, and the two of them were absolutely great together. I, I will say it's worth listening to William Regal's interviews of his time working with Tajiri because, fun fact, he didn't actually like him that much in real life. Yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, and there's a very great, there's a very funny story about them driving together about how much William Regal used to hate it. But um, 
like the two of them together in the ring were just so much fun and they both had like their own little kind of you know gimmicky moves with Tajiri with the mist and then William Regal with the brass knuckles <laughs> and they used to do like the thing where like Tajiri would help Regal smuggle the knuckles into the ring yeah. which started a kind of ongoing gimmick for um William Regal oh wait power yeah the power of the punch. Yeah, oh. power of the punch. And then he always used to get people to, you know, that he'd get searched by the ref before he yeah. came into the ring. So then he'd start giving it to his tag team partners. So good. So which was absolutely good. amazing. Oh, yeah. Just again, it was just more great work from uh, from Sajiri. And again, it's just someone being able to show off that they can, you know, when you let them show off the character it just shows so much more because like, it was very easy for them to just get to Jiri and be like, hey, you're in the hardcore division or you're in the cruiserweight division, which basically didn't really mean a whole lot. Mm. Um, but to actually give him this chance to give him someone to work with and then actually end up creating something, I think, a little bit magical. Yeah, mm. exactly, exactly. So for the number one comedy tag team, there are a lot of choices I was going to go for um i was going to talk about some outlaws back in the attitude era i was definitely i i was going to think about them for a while but then i thought about you know that we had done an entire episode on a certain uh, on a certain trio and and i thought to myself but you know what i feel like someone else i know certain someone's probably going to have them as number one so i wanted to go for, uh, then i thought about it and then i remembered a certain tag team a more recent tag team that I absolutely loved and adored for a tag team that was so... For two individuals as singles wrestlers that were so buried, when they were paired together, you thought that, that they were never going to work. But somehow, they did, and they made it work, and slowly but surely, they had got the respect that they had deserved. And that is Brizango. Yep. <laughs> Brizango are my yeah. number one favourite comedy tag team, purely because they had all of the odds stacked against them, and somehow they created something flipping magical. Can I just say, for anyone that hasn't seen them, go and watch the Fashion Police segments. Just, oh, no. Bandago is a clear representation of my ridiculous soft spot for for dancing wrestlers yes i don't understand i do not understand but if you have a gimmick where you're a dancer of any kind i just i just fucking love you well, I don't, don't worry about when we get to my bottom three then because you'll be having fun like <laughs> like i am that one no way jose stan i am that guy <laughs> Who every time Dude, he pops up, we love we love No Way Jose in this house. Yes, <laughs> just the fucking damn well do. Shout out to you, No Way Jose, and your. I remember when I watched you on NXT, I was thoroughly entertained every single yep. goddamn you were on screen. Yeah, nothing but love for you, my dude. Nothing but love. I f for me, I think what really sells me on Brizango is is that 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 commitment to remaining like 100% comedic the whole time but as well as putting on fantastic matches mm. um let's talk about the rivalry most recent rivalry between Brizango and Imperium 
fantastic tag matches. But that entrance they made when they were uh, when they parodied as uh, Eichner and Bartel. Yes. Which is again my reinforcement for why haven't WWE released merch of the Imperium tracksuits? Because I want one. Exactly. We exactly. all want one. <laughs> Who do I have to talk to? Volta. <laughs> Leave my guys at superkicks.com can sort me out. Use code Chimwag at checkout. There you oh, go. Oh there my there God. it is. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh. Dan, if you were, I would have we kissed want, you. We man. want Imperium. Oh my God. We want uh, Imperium pastiche, sweet chin wag tracksuits, super kicks. Fuck me, I want that so now, badly. I know I'm a, now, I know I'd be a mark for my own gear, but I'd actually properly be a mark for that. <laughs> I would. I would. We'd would also I, probably I, get sued, but still. Worth it. Well, worth it's it. well within the fair use laws. Why do you oh, think fuck. so many pop punk bands do PlayStation style merch? Oh fuck yeah! yeah. I want. I that's it. We're getting them fucking tracksuits. If only for after free. I don't give a fuck. I want them. <laughs> oh, Dad, you've got to at them now. You've got to at them. Yeah, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> Boom. But brilliant. Yeah, you know what? In all honesty, it's like I know they they're kind of a. Uh, uh, they're a more recent tag team. They probably would have been so under the radar for a lot of people. But the more I thought about it, the more I realised, no, you know, those two, fantastic. And I really hope that they're, you know, they, of course, recently just lost the NXT tag titles. But I hope that is not their last uh, title reign as tag champions because they deserve to be yeah. in, the, uh, in that I will say... Tag. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen Breezango stuff, I highly recommend going back and looking at some of their earlier stuff when they had a lot of the momentum. And they yeah. definitely should have won the tag team titles then. But watch them on their return to NXT because it is really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Ridden, your number one favorite comedy tag team. Okay. I've been thinking about this for a while. And it should be the New Day. It's not, <laughs> but it should be the New Day. <laughs> the New Day have been just consistently so goddamn funny. <laughs> Everything, every <clears throat> mannerism, every... They, they, they managed to get a trumpet over. Excuse me, it's a trombone. Oh, my, my apologies, a trombone, my apologies. I thought, did I get that right? Well, I didn't. They've had great matches, fucking fantastic matches. Kofi Mania wouldn't exist without the New Day. Big E's push wouldn't exist without the New Day. The beautiful gif of Big E eating popcorn wouldn't exist without the New Day. That's true. <laughs> Big boys slapping meat wouldn't exist without the New Day. <laughs> God, just just so much. But if I'm thinking about it, if I'm thinking about a tag team that has literally had me on the floor, holding my stomach, tears in my eyes, laughter, it has to be the duo that is iconic. <laughs> Iconic! You gotta be joking me. <laughs> to be I... fair, you are correct. You are so I... correct. 
I am literally, I wish you could, I wish we were recording this like properly visuals because I am literally thinking about them right now and I am tearing up with laughter. Dude, as you should be because oh we love the iconics. Oh my god. Just the perfect, the perfect comedy tag team. The most, the team rocket of the wwe oh my god that's yes. so accurate that is so damn <laughs> just hey kayla <laughs> oh my god. The, the unmitigated rivalry of the iconic with fucking kayla of them screaming like them the uh, they were what like kept me through the dark times of watching them Dude, it's when, so true. When, they, when WWE, like, in, when, in recent history, they have been like the one thing keeping us going. Yeah, literally, literally watching this and just be like, Lord, just keep powering through so the iconics could be on screen. They are not out of the list. I would say I are. You could make an argument that they are least talented is harsh, but the ones that have not, they haven't done the greatest matches. Let's put it mm. that way. Indeed. They haven't had like the the most like the five star matches, but in terms of just sheer, every time they're on fucking screen, glued to every single movement and moment they do, I can't think of anyone better. I really can't. Like, no, they're, their, they, their they are so good at like the the comedic timing. The understanding of what they're doing, yeah. and like the thing is as well, is that they are such deserving champions. The fact that they're yeah. disbanded in the stupid women's tag division that exists now is ridiculous because they, they could be, be at yeah. the top of the top of the top of the top mm-hmm. of the top. The, they should be the oh my god! It's when I I like there have been a few stories on the the Discord, the personal Discord that sweet chin sweet chinwag, where people have like sent it sent like me messages like my dog just died and the iconics breaking up was one of them where i was just like that shouldn't i didn't want to have to break that news but when i saw it my soul was ripped in half i had to go to work that same day too i should have taken the day off to mourn like we're not even joking that's the thing they're so like it is actually kind of hard for me to say like the iconics were so good and so much fun. And I hope that after this weird experiment happens, they're just like, you know what? We need to just put them back we together need again. Them, I need them. hoping. I need them. I and need we them that, back. We get that lovely, glorious, iconic return. Just the, every single movement, every single thing about them is the best. And you know, and the worst part is they were getting so fucking over. They were getting so they fucking were already, over. They've been over for like the no, last year. No, that's true. But... And, but you could tell when everyone, the whole stadiums were going, oh, God, because they know that they were yeah. the best. They yeah. And, oh, my God. See, what, the, see, what actually happened was is that the rest of the women's wrestlers were like, yo, Vince, they're, they're too OP. Please nerf. Yeah, that's the only explanation. The draft, the, 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 the draft was the WWE balance patch. 
Fuck their balance pack. I want them it back. It didn't work. I want them back. I want I want them to have the... Yeah, I, I want demand. them back. I want them stronger I as ever. And I demand. want them as tag team champions again so that the actual tag team can hold it. I demand that they have the longest reigning tag team champions. No offense to uh, Nia Jax and Shay the Baszler, but they're not actually a tag team. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just, just... <sighs> Every single thing about them... Everything, everything about them. Everything. God everything. damn it. Everything. Emphasize <laughs> every single letter in there. Every yeah. syllable. Dan, in that case then, your so, number one choice. My number one, I know I've been going for the deep cuts. Uh, yeah. This is this isn't one, actually. And I was expecting what, someone to say it. And I'm surprised that it hasn't been. And I think it is kind of honestly the the granddaddy of the odd couple, the father and son of weird pairings, the ultimate duo of, you know, weird and comedy and seriousness and getting over with the fans. One of them is known for throwing his body on the line. And the other one is known for having gone to Hollywood. It's the Rock and Sock connection. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Short-lived, but by golly, did they have some They were incredibly moments. short-lived. But my God, if they didn't do the work in that time. Uh, they were was, just they were, so amazing. They were heated rivals <clears throat> at this point. Like the Royal Rumble of, the, of 99 was that infamous moment where Rock had given Foley uh, those horrible chair shots. The horrific the I- chair yeah, shots. In the I- oh, Quinch. man. And so, oh, man, no, amazing choice. Uh, I was worried that someone else was going to pick this as well because I, I had baddied around of this one being a number one choice as well. But, no, I'm glad you brought it up, Dan. Um, oh, what can we say? Like... These guys had some amazing moments. They are the only people to have ever gotten the "This is your life" segment over with fans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, if any, if for those that don't know, the "This is your life" segment is a reference to an American TV show where you like you're like, "Hey, look, it's your person from your like your teacher and like first grade or whatever." Da, 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 da. Uh, and the thing is, they've tried to replicate this multiple times. Uh, the infamous Alexa Bliss one. Yes. Uh, was there, which was not good. Um, but no one was able to do it as well as these two. Yeah. The way I think both of them played off each other, uh, the fact that these bo- these two have um, just unprecedented and unmatched charisma. Um and the fact that at the time this is this is most likely from Vince such a half baked idea, but the fact that they both got that over and people still talk about it to this day. Man. I think the thing is, is that they just they just knew what they needed to do because uh, for reference in this time, Mick Foley was his mankind character. Yes, and man, basically the thing in mankind is that he was basically insane. <laughs> but now, so. But now he was quoting The Rock and had his own yeah, Rock Socko. But puppet. now, but what you had is you had like him copying The Rock. Yeah. 
and then like um you know like doing things that he would do or like steep taking lines of his and like trying to put it into his own and it was just so weirdly well done that you know like there's like the whole thing of like uh, mankind doing the people's elbow <laughs> throwing the sock into the audience as well yeah <laughs> just oh man just so good and let's be honest these guys were two main eventers as well oh yeah like Mick Foley or sorry Mankind had just won the WWF championship at that time Rock was had just reached his absolute zenith now and was riding the wave of momentum that he that you know he rode all the way up, up until yeah, he was riding that off into the sun and out of the solar system exactly and so to put these two together at that time man that there's as again that's that's another reason as to why people still talk about the rock and sock connection you know why i think it wasn't on the list for me because the rock and sock connection is one of the is just one of many many accolades that the rock has yes. in wrestling <laughs> that it just oh, gets, it, that it just it, gets so honest, lost in the it, shuffle to be honest, in the list of like the rock and nick foley it's probably just like a single footnote but like amongst all the other stuff that they've done <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's so weird that the, both of those guys have had such great careers that the Rock and Sock connection is it's just is just a footnote. When in any other wrestler's career, that would be the biggest like fucking thing yeah. they've ever done. And for them, it's just like, oh yeah, they also did this. <laughs> it just shows you how amazing, or how phenomenal those two are, isn't it? <laughs> just yeah. Just, Crazy. And what like, I can, like I like I cannot argue against your choice, Dan. But it's just like, nah, they've done something else. They've done things else, man. It's literally just like, no, like you're right. But like they've done all these things that are infinitely better. But you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what a great way to end. Uh, uh to cap the best list. Because now we get to the difficult part. We get to the worst list. The worst free comedy tag teams and may i add this is in our opinion this is isn't gospel yep. this isn't set in stone we're not dave Meltzer. <laughs> this is our opinion of the worst tag yeah, you teams. best hope that we definitely ain't dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> okay number three is the young bucks no, i'm just kidding uh <laughs> <laughs> um, okay this one i do have a couple of deep cuts in this and it's not because they were terrible, but because of circumstance. Uh, I'll start then with, with my third worst tag choice, and that is um, the Boss and Hug connection. Because mm. the reason yeah. I bring this up is... Sorry, the Sasha Banks stands are coming for you now. Uh, no, them. because, right, they started off as a comedy tag team and then became serious. Because uh, I think yeah. they were trying to replicate the 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 lightning in a bottle that was Team Hell No, because they had the anger management. They actually even brought Doctor Shelby back for those segments with the Boss and Hug, uh, the hug, yeah, the Boss and Hug connection. Um, it's just a shame it didn't hit as well as it did, and it just seemed like like a week later they went to being serious again. Um, there was the potential there. I think Bailey and Sasha could have done it. 
if you ask me, would it have been as uh, great as Team Hell No? Uh, most likely not. Um, would it have been as good as the Iconics at the time, who were the best comedy tag team in the women's division? No, it wouldn't have held a candle to them at all. But I, 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 I would have said it probably would have worked for what it did. But the fact that it, they kind of just kiboshed it straight away says to me that they had no faith in it whatsoever and just made them be serious again. So, yeah, that one is because... They're number three purely because they just... They didn't have the time to become a comedy tag team. Read it. Your number three choice, sir. My number three choice. I don't know how controversial it will be, but I'm going to put down um Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. <laughs> it's that odd couple thing again, isn't it? <laughs> it's I I on paper that sh this should have worked very well. I could see ways where this could have worked. Very much so. But it failed because of two reasons in my view. One, because they were tag one, they were tag team partners for so long. Yep. For a ridiculous amount of time. And two, they diluted each other, in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah. They really I, I honestly feel that. Nikki Cross being tagged with Lex Bliss was the worst thing they could have done with with Nikki Cross. Mm. I like, to be fair, the worst thing that they did was just delay everything and then make you constantly think that they were going to win and they just lost. Yeah, I just like it. I used to really like Nikki Cross a lot. Dude, Nikki Cross when she was with was it Sanity? Sanity. Yeah, Sanity. Dude, that was great when she had the whole thing with Alistair Black too. Yeah, that yeah. was great. That was like, really good. Like there's a like there's that great little promo, uh, WrestleMania promo, of her like which creeped me the fuck out. There was something about yeah, me. where she's just like everyone's <clears throat> pointing to the big sign. Why the fuck are they pointing? I was like, oh, wow, there's something really weird about this. I don't know what how she did it, but she did it so well. And I was expecting that, and I was or, or I was expecting either that to kind of hit onto Nikki Cross, not onto um Alexa. Bliss rather and Nick Lex Bliss like going, Oh wait, holy shit, who am I who am I tagging with? Damn. Mm. I need I need to do something here. Or it's e either like one of them had to influence the other in some capacity, but they never pulled the trigger and it All got right, very but, but boring. What if me. though, right? We just get Nikki Cross to wear some gear that's got tartan on it and we're like, hey, do you know she's Scottish by the way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that laughter turned into anger. Yeah, yeah, I. So that's my number three. It just there was I didn't there was no concept and it bugged the shit out of me. Indeed, indeed, agreed. Uh, Dan, your number three. My number three pick is a definite deep cut. <laughs> And it's probably one that may Sab will probably know, hmm. but I don't know that Reardon will. Okay. The year is 1995. <gasps> and two fairly well-to-do well wrestlers, uh, one going by the name of uh, Chris Candido. Oh, no. 
and the <laughs> other uh, being the relatively well-known person in WWE's creative team, Tom Pritchard, uh, have come off respective runs uh, and have now been joined together uh, as a tag team. Uh, and they were accompanied to the ring by a certain Mrs. Uh, Tamara Lynn Sitch, who you may also know as Sonny. Uh, and they were known as Skip and Zip. Yeah, the body <laughs> they were the body donors. <laughs> oh no! And they but, were yeah. bloody awful. Were, <laughs> this was like this is new gen era. All right, even in the new gen era, this was terrible. Uh, they were a two. They were a pair of fitness fanatics. Uh, and just to show how you know athletic they are, they wouldn't do crazy high spots or incredibly athletic moves or do like the Brock Lesnar jump up onto the onto the apron. No. They do jumping jacks in the ring. Star jumps if you're British. Because that's the height of athleticism. They're like an they're like an eighties reference fifteen years too late. Mm. Mm. They are a mess of a tag team. Uh, they got consistently booked to lose against jobbers, but fun fact, they won the tag team titles. Yep. <laughs> Once. Wow. How? I don't know, but they did. Uh, they had the whole thing where they eventually ended up firing Sonny. <laughs> or Sonny just left, I can't remember. Something worked. So they hired a new partner. Uh, <laughs> Who was called Cloudy, spelt K L O U D I, which was the wrestler Jimmy Shoulders dressed as a woman. <laughs> yes. Yes. 1996, by the way. They lasted a year, by the way. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that is a deep cut and a half, and I like that. It is a very that. deep cut, but I remember being shown them. Um, I remember being shown them by my brother. Oh, and man. just, like, I remember seeing them, and I still have a very vague memory of them now, enough to bring it up. Um, to be fair, it did actually come up while I was checking through um, some lists of tag teams. But oh my god, was this a mess. It the fact that they lost it to 1996 is amazing. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, because I've got a deep cut for, for number two as well. Uh, for my number two choice. And I'm going to go... Uh, actually, no, I'll set up the story like you. It's 1999, and we have two wrestlers that have been suddenly just bundled together one of them coming back after a run a cup after seemingly flip-flopping from wwf and wcw has now been paired up with deborah and another man who unfortunately has been given the short end of the stick ever since his brother uh, left for wcw yes the short-lived tag team of jeff jarrett and owen hart the reason i bring oh this God. up it was because this was bad timing, I think, on both of their careers. Um, I feel like Owen was in such a more kind of very more prominent, serious position. He had just left the nation and he was like 
being kind of like a serious badass at this point. He had just had that rivalry with Ken Shamrock as well. Jeff Jarrett. Where in the Owen Hart timeline does the time when he teamed, when he tag teamed with Coco Beware fit into this? Coco Beware was 1991, 92. Uh, Okay. All right. I just wanted, I I, I remember that being a thing. So I was like, was this around the same time? I don't know why I can't remember, but still 1999. Unfortunately, this one does have a bit of a, of of, of a sad end. So this was at the time where uh, Owen uh, had just re uh, just brought back his blue blazer gimmick as well. And he was using that. It was kind of almost like a, like a weird it was almost like a weird hurricane thing where he would be he would be owen backstage but the blue blazer in the ring and he would interfere in matches he actually funnily enough got coco beware to wear the blue blazer costume as owen was in the ring wrestling (laughs) and they were looking like they were setting them up as as a tag team uh to go for the tag titles Uh, unfortunately that would not come to fruition as because um the blue blazer of course um, was expected to have a match against the Godfather at Over the Edge, and unfortunately, as we all know, what happened in that event uh, saw the unfortunate passing of Owen. Uh, we never got to sort see that happen. And in all honesty, um, I just feel like in in, in it, that it was not a great tag team because both of them didn't work very well together. And Owen, as I said, had just left the nation and had just had this amazing feud with Ken Shamrock, and it looked like they were gonna. I thought they should have been pushing him towards another IC run, if not a main event spot. Um, no, he should have been going for a, a main event run. It was a it's a, it was a weird pairing. Um, yeah, just, it was a pairing that was never really going to get anywhere, anywhere especially everybody. given the timing and now what we know about the the future that happened regarding a certain Double J. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Rinton, your number two pick for worst comedy tag team. Mm. This is going to be a slight cheat, but I feel like it still works. I'm going to say DX at their worst. Yeah, okay, I can accept that. So you talk about like DX, like what, like 2008? Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking about like, Shawn Michaels? Yeah, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, yes. With Hornswoggle yeah. as well as the manager. The DX God. that had like the fifteen-minute SummerSlam entrance. Yes. God help me. When it comes to those guys at their worst, they take up so much fucking time. <laughs> yep. It is like it's criminal. They, actually, they, it is actually criminal how much airtime they take up. They take up a. Triple H WrestleMania entrance amount of time only it's every single week. <laughs> Sad about and I right. frankly find it frustrating and nigh unacceptable. I, they're just so annoying at their worst. It's rough. like my um. You know my... when I you know when I mentioned Regal and Tajiri, I said some of the jokes have like not dated well. Yeah. DX oh at their, god. DX at their worst was using jokes that hadn't dated well at a time where it was very clear that they were already dated in the first place. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. For, for further I, I... information, please do check out our DX retrospective. Yeah. yeah please do, because please we, do. We, do, we, do, we do touch on that. Oh. Because it... But it is it was so frustrating. Yeah. It's... Dude, you could probably listen to that entire podcast for the time it takes for that summer yeah, exactly. time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I know, and I know. Technically, it's a cheat because, like, the the line because as we probably get, as you probably gathered from listening to this good listener, the line between comedic and serious tag teams are blurry as fuck. Especially yeah, it's in often, modern it WWE, it is often sometimes blurry, and they too sometimes cross it over. But like, we yeah. try, you know, like with my ones, I'm just trying to think of like one, not necessarily tag teams that were just bad, but ones that were like at least had some element of comedy in them yeah mm. so that would be me that'd be uh, you so yeah for number two dan what's the uh, what, what uh number picks? two uh number two for me is john cena and every single tag partner he's ever won the titles with no um <laughs> that should actually be number one legitimately um, i mean legitimately i was like that's a very great choice yeah and I, was, no, I was so um, i was ready no uh number two for me is uh it's you know, it's 2007, right? Mm-hmm. What do people, you know, what do people want on SmackDown? You know, they they coming at a time where you know Rey Mysterio and Batista are at the the top of their the top of their games. I'll tell you what people want. They want 50s greases. It's Deuce and Domino. Oh no, not oh, Deuce and Domino. <laughs> and I want to say this, right? I at the time they were actually treated quite seriously yeah but you cannot tell me that they came in and gave two guys 50s greaser gimmicks and were not like this is hilarious because my god yeah. i do not have fun going back and watching them this was nor time... do i find anything that they did entertaining this at all time as well we had london and kendrick as well yeah, we didn't mind London and Kendrick. London and Kendrick were a phenomenal tag team, and who yeah. did they have to go up against? I actually liked, Deuce and Domino. I actually liked them. Oh, I loved uh, Deuce and, and Domino. I was just like, yo, mm. I don't care about these. And like, it will be known amongst these two. I like my fifty stuff. Yes, I, I, like, I I'm yep. all, I am all in for that. You know, I will readily dress up like a character from Greece and just go do whatever the hell I want to do throughout the day. Damn, yeah, damn straight. But, like, Deuce and Domino? I don't care. <laughs> Get these rejects from my happy days away from my from my programming. <laughs> B-Tech Fonz is the two of them. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> yeah, they, 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 just weren't, they just weren't good. And it's just a real shame because, like, I mean, to be fair, I was going to say they were both great wrestlers. They were alright. Mm. Um... But they just never really did anything interesting. I didn't really like them. I know some people like their theme. Yeah. Um, but I I just don't think they were anything particularly great. And mm. they just didn't hit any of the marks for me. And also it was like 2007 and someone decided that a pair of 50s greasers would work. Yep. Fun fact though, they were also briefly managed by uh, the, the Miz's wife. So they were. Yeah. So they were. <laughs> That's Maurice, by the way, for those that don't know. <laughs> I thought it was Morrison. Oh, I digress. Uh, Should be. <laughs> okay, so for number one, the one, the one tag team that was that was depicted as being slightly as being comedic, but for me drew expat key to the point where i actually had sometimes had to change the channel or watch something else because i could not stand them 
And maybe this is a cheat as well. Uh, it's the Spirit Squad. I'm sorry. I just I. Oh. No, the Spirit Squad isn't a cheat out. That's <laughs> the not a cheat. Squad, man. What could be? They're so- stupid. In the year of our Lord 2006. What better way to introduce a comedy tag team that's supposed to apparently be a dominating force of the tag division than a bunch of cheerleaders? Dude, they had the move where they used to pick up like one part of some. Everyone took one part of someone's body and they did like a cheerleader lift and dropped them down. It was yeah. like the worst tag finisher I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, holy. Jesus, when they started doing the hot dogging and grandstanding, where they would start dancing, and one of them would do the butt shuffle across. I said, "No, I can't. I can't stand this." Anymore. And the worst part of, of it is, right? They were supposed to be the guards, the security guards, or the backup, or the insurance policy for Vince McMahon. Yeah, they McMahon. were the they were the insurance policy of Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon got collegiate cheerleaders as his security detail. There's a reason why we question his booking. Uh, I know we talked about I know we talked about the Spirit Squad at length actually on the Dolph Ziggler. I, I love when we're doing all these callbacks, by the way. <laughs> but we talked Dude, about this is, the... this is the Dude, you just revealed the entire purpose of these episodes. Exactly, Come on, man! Exactly. It's all connected. Um... You're letting people you're letting people into Gorilla. Come on. <laughs> but you know, as I say, talk about them in great detail on the Dolph Ziggler episode. But man, this yeah. There's nothing more I can say, but I absolutely just could not stand watching them. They were supposed to be funny. No, they were. They, they were weren't. not fun. They were not fun to watch. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the. Um, I'm trying to think of the match though, because I think it was like the. I think it may have been the Spirit Squad versus DX. <laughs> mm. But it's the one where like. Uh, one of them interferes and then like Triple H goes like ape <laughs> and is just like wants to kill all of them. Yes, I remember that. And one. also, when, and also, there um, when Jonas told, told uh, our lovely listeners about the time when they eventually disappeared. Oh yeah, I remember it was against DX. Shawn Michaels and Triple H throw them into a uh, into a uh, hard box or a shipping uh, kind of uh, or one of those boxes where you put the lightning lightning. It's like a flight case. Flight case, yes. And they stuck a sticker on it that said "Destination OVW." <laughs> they literally buried them and some, sent them back. That's to amazing. The, uh, to Go back to developmental. Dear God! But as you said, you know, you know, you know, swings and roundabouts. At least it gave us Dolph Ziggler. So uh, at least it it's gave something. us Dolph. Uh, Rid uh, your worst comedy. Can tech. I? Oh, go Can I just uh, throw an interjection in quickly, just because I know I use an insider term, so yeah. and just also because I love saying it so much. Uh, Reardon, can you please Pokedex the term gorilla position? <laughs> no, that's on you, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> gorilla position basically means backstage or behind the curtain, but I just love saying gorilla position because it sounds so goofy. <laughs> Actually named in tribute to Gorilla Monsoon. Yes, to uh, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, named in tribute to the uh, wrestler and announcer Gorilla Monsoon. But it's basically but literally still... the position right behind the curtain of the entranceway, and that's where yeah. Vince stays the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. I still just love saying it though. There's, uh, I, arguably, yeah. there won't be many other wrestling terms that I love saying so much. <laughs> oh man, so Ridden. Your worst comedy tag team. My worst comedy tag team. You know, 
in life, there are a lot of bad comedy tag teams. So many that, honest to God, it's hard to choose because at its worst, the tag teams are a dumping ground. At its worst. Yep. That's hurt me to say, but it is honestly true. Mm. And I have to say the worst comedy tag team for me is the one that Sam joked about, but I'm honestly dead serious when I say it's the Young Bucks. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, I can see where Reardon's coming from on this one, but I'm curious yeah. to see why. What, what, what it's his cool. reasoning. My reasoning is simple. They shouldn't be one. They shouldn't be a comedy tag team duo. Mm. And Do you think a lot of and, it- a lot of it might have to do with being the elite as well. I don't know what it has to do with it, but all I know is that watching them as they were in the WWE was painful, was legitimately goddamn painful. Because I know, because I hang out with you guys, like <laughs> how true. good they are. Remember, you're talking to hey, I'm the most I'm the casual fan out of the three of us. We're talking. To, you're talking to me here. Mm. That is my first impression of them. Think yeah. about that. True. Do you remember Generation Me? Oh, for TNA, yeah. <laughs> no. Like, and it's just like, and the the comedy, I'm putting it in such finger quotes, was so terrible. Mm. Was so bad. Was like, I can't even... Oh, man. <laughs> And just... they're the ones where, like, I honestly part. This part of the reason I stopped like watching. They were that. It was that bad. In all honesty. Wow. Wow. So in to all, the quiet I... taste, their humour, you'd say. Quiet, <laughs> forced, induced, induced. This I would say probably. <laughs> God in heaven. Just... Man, we're gonna. We're gonna get some. We're gonna get some weird reactions on Twitter um, with this one, Dad. That's we? right. You know that's right. <laughs> that's Dude, fine. they're a bad comedy tag team because they shouldn't be a comedy tag yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. there you go. I, honestly, that's the, I, that's the essence of vibe, it. I can vibe with that. I can. Yeah, I, I and I can agree with that as well for sure. But uh, yeah, a really, really good pick. I'd say a very, a very different pick for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a very different pick from what I'm gonna get to when we get to it. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's all. Like that's like that's the long and short of it. That's all I can say. Mm. <laughs> but the the, the the closest to a number one pick was gonna be Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro, but they don't. I would say they're not a comedy they, tag they're team. They're not a comedy though. tag team. That it's just insane that they are a tag team, and I hate it. Yeah, they really, shouldn't I be a tag it. team. They should both have been singles champions by now. And I, we're not and gonna I mention that. But we're not going to talk about it because every time I think about it, I feel like I'm going to be. It's going to be that episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Malcolm just coughs up blood. <laughs> All yeah. right, so I go to my one, which is going to piss you off, Ridden. What are you got? Uh, the year is 2013. Oh. Uh, one wrestler has recently returned to WWE not too long ago. He'd previously had a stint prior. Um, a lot of people will remember. Uh, he obviously went by a completely different name. He spent some time in Japan. <laughs> um, 
you know, doing things like that, working as a uh, as a monster heel. I know where this is going. The other one uh, was in a season of NXT uh, and was very big, had an interesting choice of hair, um, and was being trying to be sold as a big physical force. Uh, eventually, that kind of peed away, though, because uh, you know NXT at that time was not great. Um, and so when they figured that the guy they brought back had nothing else to do and the guy who was just kind of there had nothing else to do, they thought, well, this will be funny if we just stick them in a tag team together. And Reardon, I know your love of dancing gimmicks runs deep, but my number one worst comedy tag team is Brodus Clay and Tensai. <laughs> Tons of funk. Tons of mm. funk. Or you know, sweet tea, as he was known in that tag team. You know, I, I cannot argue with this pick in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> and I will my... say, and I will give my exact reasons why. Uh, but really, I feel like you have something to say. <laughs> you know what? Before we, like, I, I was, I was, I was actually gonna let you continue, but seeing as I'm on the spot, I'm just gonna say my, um, my another controversial one. My honourable mention in bad tag team bag tag bag comedy tag teams i'm sorry i've never liked heavy machinery i've never liked oh, that's, them. to be fair valid i'm with you on this i know and the worst part is i know they're not that bad and i know like the the storyline of otis was pretty good i just i can't i can't fuck with them i can't sorry, i don't know otis what is it is a simp so <laughs> Dan! Let us not. Oh I was going to say, I just remembered something as well. Let us not forget what? that this was Albert's second tag team in a dancing gimmick. Yep. Because Albert was known as the Hip Hop Hippo and began teaming with <laughs> Scotty Too Hotty in 2002. <laughs> yeah. Lot, yeah. The thing is, though, is that I don't even hate that as much because it has Scotty Too Hotty in it. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, we referenced them earlier, but I love Too Cool, so... Yeah. Uh, too Cool were alright. They were alright. <laughs> but no, 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 that was all I was going to say, that my my, yeah, no. my, my, my honourable mention is heavy machinery. I'm sorry, I just never, <laughs> never... That's absolutely never fine. Yeah, um... I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about... Uh, Tensai brackets Albert brackets Prince Albert brackets A Train, um, who is a very good wrestler. Yes. And I think a lot of people actually forget that. Um, mm. I mean, to be fair, he was also part of the wonderful X Factor um, stable of the uh, late nineties, early two thousands, uh, which was a stable led by X Pac. <laughs> Let's not forget they came out to Uncle Cracker. Yeah, uh, and. Now, it's kind of hard to describe exactly the premise of Tensai, but basically it's uh, Matt Bloom, brackets Albert, had gone to Japan and been working in Japan for ages. And so like, all right, so what if we just take this obviously white guy and just put a bunch of Japanese symbols on his face? That's it. Got that, that was real, literally got it. That, got that real tattoo energy. That real white people tattoo energy. Like, yeah. literally, he just had a bunch of Japanese symbols over his face, uh, and he came out with a Japanese manager in a 
vaguely, I guess, intended to be vaguely samurai-esque headgear to vaguely stereotypically Japanese music, and they're like Tensai, and everyone went, "No, that's Albert." Yep. <laughs> you just stick a bunch of paint on him. Yep. Uh. And so he was there. Fun fact: he had a clean win over John Cena. Yeah, he did. Um, and even that couldn't get him over. And which CM is uh, Punk as well. Something actually. at the time. Uh, Brodus Clay was originally on uh, NXT. Uh, it wasn't great that series. Nope. Um, there was nothing really happening with him. He was just kind of a a general big man he kind of ended up jobbing and appearing on wwe superstars mm. all the time <laughs> and so clearly in the need to revitalize his run they gave him the gimmick of the funkasaurus rex yes yeah. i said that correctly i did not stutter you the did, funkasaurus you, rex you did not stutter and again he I came out it. with two cheerleaders and would dance in the ring to be fair the theme was bad, but in a way, it's very infectious in a very 2000s kind of way. <laughs> it's a shame this happened in 2013, though. Let's remember that this was the same thing song that God came out to in his match against Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon. Well, let's never forget that. The fact that we you need to say what, that. <laughs> I said God had a wrestling match teamed up with Shawn Michaels to face yes, Vince McMahon and Shane. I remember this, but I don't remember that being the theme of God. God. Somebody called my mama was the theme for God. WWE, by the way. What 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 kind of podcast am I on sometimes? Sometimes I wonder. No, you need to ask yourself why do you watch wrestling? <laughs> that much, yes. For the Funkasaurus Rex, love him. But yeah, he'd start like dancing in the ring before his matches. And they have like the spotlights and everything. And um, there was one time where they tried to get him to do break dancing. It was awful. Yep. Uh, so then they obviously the option was to pair him up with Tensai, who at this time had been booked completely seriously and with no hint of comedy at all. And if, I guess they were trying to go for like another head cheese Steve Blackman thing. Yeah. But that only works when you have two people who you know are fully committed. And he was very clearly not committed to this <laughs> and so what and, better way to do it than just have them both be comedic dancers and just it was just so bad it was there was nothing do you know what's up actually the only good thing we got out of this was naomi yeah and she'd already appeared on nxt anyway so, so it was basically pointless. So Fun fact, um, one of the other dancers from the other Chile from this time was uh, Cameron and then appeared on uh, AEW. There, yeah. Oh. She's still currently signed to their roster today. Yep. As far as I know, unless they got rid of her. <laughs> oh, but wow. yeah, this was just not good in many ways. Yeah, mm. indeed. Mm. Um, I'm sorry that we had to end it. With the worst ones, but I felt like if we did the first, if we did the best ones, we could set ourselves, as I said, set ourselves up for an even greater fall. <laughs> it's great. It, it's it's fun talking about the good ones, but it's also kind of fun talking about the really bad ones. Indeed, indeed. And thus concludes yeah. this episode, all about best and worst tag teams, thoughts and feelings. 
feeling a bit sad now if I'm honest. <laughs> it's just it's just kind of a wild ride and it just reminds you like of how much great stuff the tag division has had and how much awful stuff also how many great ideas they've had they never followed through on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Indeed. Oh boy. Well I hope you all enjoyed that, or at least bared with us as we were losing our minds here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit feral, got a tad feral. Yes, tad, just a slight tad. <laughs> but for Was it when thing... I mentioned X-Park, or...? Oh, no, no. Because we're not going to kill each other, Dan. <sighs> at least not oh, yet. Oh, sorry. At least not yet. <laughs> like... But, uh, no, yeah, for next episode... Oh, this one, I'm quite quite excited for we are going to be talking all about the cruiserweight division we're going to talk about the highs the very 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 low lows and the current state of the division in its that's a 2016 modern incarnation but until then all right so reared and which one of you or me wants to talk about the hurricane Uh, I'm gonna. I, I mean, challenge you to. I challenge you to a sword fight outside of your local McDonald's for the privilege. But I feel All like right. we should be talking about Gregory Helms's long, long reign as cruiserweight champion as well. On the True, flip but side, also the that. hurricane. But also the hurricane. <laughs> but also the hurricane. Look, listen, look. Me and Dan are gonna fight it out in brutal fucking like like the raid mortal combat. <laughs> And then we will see how Feral it goes. combat. Uh... Oh, abs- oh, absolutely. Like, especially considering, like, like we're both short guys, so we have. <laughs> yeah, that's we have, true. We, we have something. We both have something to prove. All right, childhood. then I'll, I'll referee because I have the reach to split you two apart. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. But all that remains for me to say before these guys get too feral is I've been Sam, this has been Reardon and Dan, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. As ever, we will see you on the next one. Yes, 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 y